0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Well, yay. This has been a long time coming. Praise God. I'm so excited to be with you this morning. What an honor. What a privilege. I just want to say this morning... Thank you to everyone that's been so sweet and so supportive and smiling at me and giving me a pounds and telling me you got this. It's just been so good and so just what I needed. So thank you. I love you. What an amazing family to be a part of. This church is just um, intimate and and we love each other. We support each other. We cheer each other on. And I just think that's the culture of Kingsgate Church. And so I love you and thank you. Before I get started, I wanted to say a special thank you to Pastor Fabian, Pastor Matt, obviously, and to Pastor Barbara, who's in heaven cheering me on today. Um, I just want to honor our pastors and thank them for the opportunity, for the teaching, for the coaching. Matt was coaching me all week long and just encouraging me and covering me with prayer and strengthening me and cheering me on. And so I just want to say thank you. We love you and we honor you. Um, Let's just pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. I just give you complete control. Lord, we need you. We're hungry for you. We come into this place, God, with humble hearts. We want you to teach us. We want you to speak to us. We want you to encourage us. We want you to, to challenge us. Father, we just want you to speak your word to us today. Father, I'm your vessel. I humble myself. Speak only what you want to speak through me today, God. I give you complete control. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to speak to you this morning, the thrill of hope, part two, because Pastor Matt started this series last week, and as I was thinking about hope, y'all are going to laugh at me, but a lot of times my examples refer back to food, because if you don't know, I like food and I like to eat, and the senas are, we like to eat, we're eaters, and so I was thinking about hope, and I was like, Lord, give me an example of what hope is, and I was thinking about it, and every example I could think of referred to food, so I'm going to give you two. One... Hope is when you're sitting at the restaurant, and they've taken a little too long, and you're hungry. You ordered, you plan to be there right at lunch or right at dinner, and you're hungry, and you're waiting for your food to come, and they're taking a little longer than usual, and now you're starting to get a little irritable, a little cranky, a little hangry. You've already eaten the appetizers, but that didn't suffice, and now you're ready for your hot, wonderful pasta to come, right? And then you see the server in the distance leaving the kitchen Holding the tray, approaching your table, and hope starts to rise in your heart. And then hope deferred is when the server turns and goes to the table next to you and serves them, your, serves them the food. And you're like, oh, now I'm really irritable. Now I really don't know if I can wait any longer. And then another example that I thought of refers to food and Ephraim. So on Sundays, I don't know if you all know this, but we do family lunch every Sunday. We get together, and it's after the Spanish service. So we wait for Dad to do the Spanish service. Um, We go to the house. We get things set up. And it seems like it's been getting later and later. We used to eat at, like, 1.15, and now it's 1.30, 1.45, sometimes 2 o'clock. We're like, where's John? Where's Vali? Why aren't they here? Let's hurry up, everybody get here. Because we're hungry, right? And so... um, I was thinking about this and I was thinking like the the food is all on the stove it's hot and it's ready to go and we we start to serve ourselves cuz now everybody's arrived and it's finally time and I'm like somebody just get your plate hurry up cuz I'm ready to eat and so we go through the line we fill up our plate we sit down well I've been married into the family for 13 years now so any type of like manners or politeness or I'm like y'all took forever I'm going to eat I'm going to get my plate I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat Well, then Ephraim married into the family. And he is so polite, and he has such great manners that I would sit down at the table and just start getting after it. Like, I'm hungry, right? It's two o'clock, I'm hungry. And I would look up, and Ephraim was sitting still with his plate before him, waiting for everyone to be served. And I'm all, hope deferred. I have to wait. So that's a perfect example of hope and hope deferred. And this morning, I believe with all my heart that God wants to renew the thrill of hope in your heart. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's what the Bible says. And some of you have come in here today, and there's a little bit of a sickness in your heart or in your soul because you've been waiting and you've been believing God, and you've been in this this waiting season and this season of feeling stuck and this season of feeling trapped. But today, I believe, just like the song says, the thrill of hope, A weary world rejoices. I believe that today God wants you to rejoice in the thrill of hope that comes through Jesus. And everything that I'm going to share with you today comes from personal experience. Listen, God is our only hope. Christ in us is the only hope. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We go through hard things. We get hurt so much that we we aren't even capable in our own ability to forgive. We face things that we aren't even capable in our own ability to face. Some of you have faced sickness. Some of you have faced disease. Some of you have faced cancer, death, betrayal, hurts, things that you just can't face in your own ability and your own strength. But the good news is that Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer i have overcome the world and so we can go into this holiday season and into the new year with good cheer with hope with joy a weary world rejoices and so today if you don't get anything else out of this i want you to walk away with one thing hope is never lost if you are in jesus hope is never lost it feels like it might be but it's not and i'm going to i'm going to encourage you in that today so if you would look with me to john chapter 16 verse 33 these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. I just quoted this. In the world you will have tribulation or trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves, and I want you to get this, are like fragile clay jars. Pause there for me, Liz. So imagine a fragile clay jar if I drop a clay jar it's not like one of those plastic plastic containers you pull out of the fridge and drop and it bounces a fragile clay jar you drop it and it's going to shatter okay so let's think about that but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves We are pressed. Okay, so now I want you to imagine that clay jar being pressed pressure, hardship, heat, pressed. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. So we're pressed. We go through hardship, but we're not in despair. How can you go through hardship? How can you face hard things and not be in despair? How can you go through hard things and hold on to hope? How, wh- how and what do you do when all hope seems lost? And I want to emphasize that, when hope seems lost. Hope is never lost, but a lot of times it seems like it is, right? It seems like it is when Ephraim starts eating all the food and I'm hungry and I gotta wait. It seems like it is when nothing has changed and the doctor gives you the same report he gave you six months ago. It seems like it is whenever nothing's changed and you're looking at the same empty space that you thought would be filled by this time. Let's look at the definition of hope the feeling everybody listen the feeling you got that everybody say it with me say the feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen the feeling of trust expectation or confidence you know it's it's easy to hold on to the feeling that something is going to happen when you can see it coming in the distance like if there's a train that you had to stop and you had to stop at the train tracks and you can see in the distance the train's coming and it's moving, it's easy to hold on to the expectation that you're going to get to cross over the track, right? But what about when all the feeling of expectation is lost and the train stops on the tracks and you're still stuck there? Well, that's when faith steps in. Because faith is knowing that it's going to happen even when you don't feel like it's going to happen. And we have to mature in our faith and in our belief in who God is, and we have to be able to grow through the trial so that we can grow in our faith and hold on and not give in to despair when all hope seems lost. Because we don't live based on feelings. If you want to be a mature believer and if you want to continue through the hard times and if you want to be able to forgive when you've been betrayed beyond all repair, the only way we get through that is through mature faith. And the only way mature faith happens is through growth. And the only way growth happens is through stretching. And guess what? What happens when your teenager starts to grow? They have growing pains. Growing pains aren't fun, but they are necessary for the proper development of the believers. Growing pains are never fun. If you're being stretched and you you feel like, man, I'm uncomfortable, I, don't, I, I feel uncomfortable, well, you're probably growing and being stretched. And if you're not uncomfortable, you probably need to step out and be stretched a little bit. Because it's the only way that we grow and mature. Listen to me. You are going to face things in this life that you can't overcome in your own ability and your own strength. You are a fragile clay jar. I am a fragile clay jar. And only in Christ can I have the strength to overcome the things that I'm going to face in this life. Only in Christ. In Christ, the hope of glory. In Christ, the hope of glory. So what do you do when all hope seems lost? Number one, settle down and trust. Settle down and trust. I'm reminded of the story of Mary and Martha Let's look at Luke chapter 10, verse verse 41. But the Lord said to her, dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Amen, ladies in the house, that's me. Hallelujah, that's me. There is one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So here was Martha running around frantic in the kitchen getting all the stuff done. How many of you, you all can probably imagine this because you just had Thanksgiving. There's a, a couple of you and you're working hard and you're, you're getting everything ready and you want the food to be served hot and ready. And, and you're a little frantic and worried about all the details. And people start arriving and you're checking the clock. And then you look over and your sister is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, relaxing, reclining, learning from the master. And she's like, girl, get your butt in this kitchen and help me out. And she goes over, little tattletale Martha, little busybody Martha. I, I, I talk about Martha, but I, I, I am a Martha. I work on being a Mary. <laughs> and she's like, Jesus, look at her. I'm working so hard. What is going on with Mary? And Jesus is like, Mary's discovered the important thing, and I won't take it away from her. What? I'm working and doing all of this for you. Settle down, Martha, Martha. Settle down and trust. Yes, you're going to work hard for the kingdom of God. Yes, you're going to serve your family. Yes, it requires labor. And yes, God has not called you to be a lazy lazy Susan just hanging out all day long. But you get alone with God and you rest and settle down in his presence and then he begins to give you his desires and his vision and his purposes and his desires for your life and the things he wants you to work on. How many of you run around and quote the verse or put it on Facebook, he gives me the desires of my heart. I don't know how many times I've had people tell me that in this waiting season. Oh, Pastor Jan, God gives you the desires of your heart. And he does. And I believe that. And I hold on to that verse as much as anyone else. But what's the first part of that verse? Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. We skip the first part and we run around busy bees and frantic and worried about all the details. And we forget to settle down and rest and have communion with God. The thrill of hope comes from Jesus and from Jesus alone. You know what? We as Christians and we as people, we seek the thrill from all the different things. From shopping, from endorphins, if I work out enough, if I buy enough stuff, if I hang out with enough friends, if I go to enough entertaining movies, if I binge watch this show, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I, I, the thrill, the thrill, the thrill, the thrill, and then it's not lasting. Jesus told the woman, come unto me and I will give you living water and you will never thirst again. You want to know how to settle down and never thirst again? You want to know how to be in the midst of bad news and still go, but he's faithful. But he's enough. But he satisfies me. Bad news, but he's enough. Bad news, but Jesus. Bad news, but rivers of living water. Bad news, but peace. Bad news, but joy. Bad news, but I still slept eight hours. Where does that come from? Communion with your creator. Listen, I've gotten some bad news this year, yeah? We all have. But I know my healer, and I know my creator, and I run to him, and I settle down. I I have to work at this. It doesn't come naturally to me. But I settle down in his presence and just say, You know me. You created me. You formed me and fashioned me in my mother's womb. You're my architect. You put me together. You know me better than I know myself, and so I can trust in you. The architect of a building or the the architect of of a house knows the house better than anyone else because he planned it and designed it. You wanna know yourself? Some of you don't know yourself. Some of you are stuck in a hallway going, who am I? Why am I here? What am I doing? Run to the architect, to the creator. Communion with God. Settle down and trust. Martha was addicted to striving. You know, when Lazarus died, I love that the verse says that Martha ran out to meet Jesus and Mary waited in the house. Again, Mary showing us all up. She's like, he'll come. He'll come. I trust the master. Meanwhile, Martha's all, Jesus, why didn't you come sooner? If you had just gotten here sooner, settle down and trust. We can get addicted to striving. We can become so addicted to striving that we forget to commune with the very one who's our strength and our source. God's going to take care of you. Hebrews says that he will not leave you or forsake you, but in the Amplified it says, I will not, I will not, I will not leave you, abandon you, forsaken you, loose my hold on you. Some of you have felt like you were falling and you're like, God, just don't loosen your hold on me. He won't. Remember who he is. He's good and he's got you and he's not going to leave you or abandon you. We have to approach God with humility and say, you know what, God? God. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Okay, good. Yes, you're going to have to stand on that verse sometimes. But some of us are like, unless you give me the feast in the presence of my enemies, I don't want any. Sometimes we're like, I need the steak, the baked potato, the dessert, the rolls, make sure there's bread and butter and sour cream and chives and cheddar and steak sauce, but don't cook it too dry, Lord, and don't make it too overdone, Lord, and make sure this, Lord, and God, would you also, and God's going, huh. Those who approach Jesus for a miracle, think about it. The woman who pressed through the crowd knew she just needed it one touch. If I can just press through the crowd and touch Jesus. The, the Syro- Syrophoenician woman, she was like, Lord, heal me. And, God, and Jesus said no. And she goes, but Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And I was always like, why is she calling herself a dog? But she wasn't. She was just saying, I just need a crumb. I don't have to have a seat at the table I don't have to have a place of honor I don't have to have the the crown on my head I don't have to come into the royal courts I just need a crumb I want all of you I want all that you have to offer I want the feast I want the fullness of God but all I need is a crumb can you put that picture up for me this is my gentry okay so I go in my kitchen and I cut I get out the cutting board and I cut up vegetables and as soon as he hears me chopping a vegetable he comes running well the other day I was cooking and I left I cleaned up the kitchen and everything and I left and I came back and this is what I saw I don't know if you can see but his head is under the cabinet trying to get one little crumb he's like but there's one little cucumber mom it wasn't even meat Dogs like meat. It wasn't even a steak. It wasn't bacon. It wasn't anything extra yummy. I think it was a cucumber or an onion. And this is gentry. Even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. This is how we should be with God. No, God, I got to get to you. No, God, I just need a little onion. That's enough. Because his little bit is enough. Amen? John chapter 15, verse 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Wow, apart from me, you can do nothing. But with God, finish it with me, all things are possible. Amen. God's gonna take care of you. We've established that. He's going to take care of you. He's a good father, but sometimes it takes time. And we get frustrated in the waiting, and we get, we get, we get, we feel stuck in the waiting. We feel boxed in by the waiting. We feel confused by the waiting. Well, if you trust him, you have to trust his timing. And I have another dog and another food example for you because that seems to be common in my life, (laughs) dogs and food. (laughs) Um, The other day I had cooked Izzy an egg to put in her food for her. Izzy is my other golden retriever, for those who don't know. You can take Gentry's picture down. You can put the point back up there. Settle down and trust. So I had cooked an egg for her. And little Izzy is the cutest little expectant, little faith-filled dog. She wags her whole body when it's time. So she's wagging her body and backing up and looking at me with fixed eyes of mom made me an egg. And she's so excited. But the egg was too hot. It was like blazing hot. And I knew if I gave it to her, we were going to burn her mouth because she ain't got no sense. She's just going to eat that thing up, oh, she's going to eat it up and burn everything all the way down to her belly, right? Sometimes we, we don't have any sense, right? So here she was with her eyes fixed on the master, and I had the good stuff, right? Like God, I had the good stuff, the egg, the hot, fresh egg, and so I held on to it, and I touched it, and I waited, and I'm all, you're going to have to wait, Izzy girl, and she just sat there, just expectant little tail going like this, just not moving a muscle, And I honestly believe she would have stayed there all day. She would have. Izzy's got faith. She was just waiting. And I waited, and I was too hot, baby girl. Sorry, you're going to have to wait and wait and wait until the time was just right, until the egg was cooled down. I had her best interest at heart, and I gave her the egg. But sometimes we get so frustrated waiting. That we rush God. We don't trust his timing. We complain about the season that we're in. Be careful that you don't complain about the season that you're in. Because God has given you this season. And with a perspective change of gratitude, of thank you, Lord, for this waiting. Thank you, God, for this cocoon. You know, when we're kids, they always tell us, oh, you're a caterpillar in a cocoon. One day you're going to be a beautiful butterfly. And that's true. And I love that example. But who likes the cocoon part? I hate it. I hate to feel boxed in and I just don't like small spaces. I, my bathroom's little. I just I, I just want to feel like I'm busting out, man. Like give me some room. Who likes the cocoon? But you know what, God, thank you for this cocoon. Because it's struggle and it's hard and it's uncomfortable. but in this season, you're growing me, you're preparing me, you're expanding me, you're strengthening me so that I can bust out one day. Malachi chapter four verse 2. But for you who fear my name the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you will go free leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture I love that verse I'm like Lord I want to be a frolicking calf let out to pasture I want wide open spaces brand new wide open spaces are coming I promise but you have to wait and you have to endure you are not stuck okay say it with me say I am not stuck Number two, remember what is important. Okay, so here's the thing. There have been times in my life where it felt like things were crumbling, like beyond repair. There have been times in my life where I thought, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get over this one, I don't think I'm going to be able to get over this hump. One of the things that I practice and try to do is to remember what's important and to push whatever it is I'm going through out into eternity and having an eternal mindset. So stick with me here and think about this. Lord, I don't know if I can forgive this person. It's just too deep. It's just too much of I don't think I can forgive. Push it out into eternity. Okay, yeah, I can forgive because I've been forgiven. Lord, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can I can keep doing this. The fear is too great. The challenge is too great. Okay, yeah, I can because it matters for eternity. I don't know if I can step out and have faith. I don't know if I can step out and fulfill my purpose. I don't know if I can step out and do that thing. It's too scary. No, I can because it matters for eternity. There's a story of a man named John Harper and he was, a pre- he was a Scottish preacher. This is a true story. He was a Scottish preacher who was traveling to the United States to take a pastoring job. He was a powerful evangelist. Everywhere he went, people got saved. Every church he pastored tripled and quadrupled. They said that he would pray all night long for souls. That he would just travail and cry and pray all night long for souls. Well, how do you think he was getting to America? He was a widower, and he, loaded, he he boarded the Titanic, and he and his daughter were headed to America to take their dream job, his dream job, pastoring a church in America. And as we know, the Titanic struck an iceberg and began to sink, and everyone was running to the lifeboats going, women and children, women and children first, women and children first. And John Harper ran over to the lifeboats, and he said, women, children, and the unsaved first. This guy was consumed with eternity. Here he was facing death, facing probably the scariest thing any of us could ever imagine, and he was thinking about eternity. He was thinking about souls. Talk about hope. Talk about hope to endure. Talk about hope like... I'm going to drown, but I got hope because I have Jesus and I have heaven and I have great things ahead for me. And so as the boat began to sink, he got his daughter safe into a lifeboat and the boat began to sink and he was in the water swimming around. And one of the survivors attended attended a meeting in Canada after the fact. And he stood up and he stole, told the story of John Harper. And he said, John Harper was swimming in the freezing waters from person to person that was floating on, on different pieces of wood and different rafts. He was, run, he was swimming from from person to person, and he was saying, do you know Jesus? Believe on the Lord Jesus and be saved. Do you know Jesus? Believe on the Lord Jesus and be saved. And this man that was giving the testimony said, John Harper swam up to me, and I said, no. And so John Harper swam away, and he said, okay, and he went more and more people, more and more people, and then he came back to that man one more time, and he said, believe in the Lord Jesus and be saved. And the man let John Harper lead him to Jesus, and he stood up and he said, I'm the last convert of John Harper. John Harper. After he led him to Jesus, John Harper's body gave gave into the the hypothermia and he sunk into the waters. But talk about hope and purpose and destiny and calling and greatness that God has planted on the inside of you. Purpose gives you hope. Eternity gives you hope. That leads me into the last point, which is point three. Stay committed to purpose. You want hope? Let's look at Ephesians 1.18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. The hope that he has given to those he has called. God has called you. He has put purpose into your heart. God didn't just create you as an empty, like, empty shell. He put purpose into your heart. And some of you are sitting there going, I know, but I'm scared. I know, but how? I know, but no one's invited me. I know, but no one's invited me to the table. You're invited. You're activated. You're released. You're a believer. Share the gospel. Love people. Serve. Do what God's called you to do. Don't wait for a, a, a request or an invitation. Just do it. You're activated right now. Pastor Jen, I'm telling you, you're activated, you're called, you have purpose, you have destiny, and it will give you hope. I remember I was uh, called to the ministry at a very young age. I was like at a youth camp when I was 12 or something. And I was at the altar singing, our God is an awesome God, crying. And, you know, those moments at youth camp, teenagers, everybody in the house. And I'm like, and the Lord gave me a vision, and I knew, I'm like, I'm called to the nations. I was 12. (laughs) And, you know, throughout life, I, I believed that and I wanted to fulfill God's call in my life. But then I went off to college and I got off track, Had, got into wrong relationships and was far from God. And, but then as I started to come back to him and as I started to seek him again and as I started to pursue him again, I felt like I was in total and complete darkness. I didn't know what in the world I was supposed to do or how I was supposed to get back to where I wanted to be. And one day, I'll never forget it, it was as clear as day. I hadn't heard from God and I don't know how long. And I was hopeless and I was broken and I was ashamed and I was abandoned and I just thought it was over. I was like 19. It was over at 19. If only I could tell that 19-year-old just buck up little girl, more's to come. <laughs> but I was I remember the moment. I remember where I was and the presence of God just filled my house. I was all by myself. The presence of God filled my home and I saw myself again ministering the gospel you know what purpose did for me in that moment? It renewed my hope and it told me, you're not broken beyond repair. I still have a purpose and a calling and a hope for you. Hope gives us purpose. Hope helps us endure. Hope helps us not give up. Hope stabilizes us. Um, The song says, the thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. Do you want to sing it? for yawn? (laughs) <laughs> "For yonder breaks, a new and glorious morn. What does yonder mean? Well, yonder's just Southern for over there. <laughs> for yonder breaks over there. Matt went with me to North uh, to Florida for Thanksgiving, which is like five miles from from Alabama. I mean talk about Southern. And they say things like yonder and over there. We, I should say because I'm Southern too. Yonder over there over there. You can really run it together and you go over there. Well, what is yonder breaks, a new and glorious morn? It's hope that good days are coming. Hope that you're not broken beyond repair. Hope that God's still with you. Hope that this season has a purpose. Hope that God's working all things together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Hope. And that, you know what God told me in that moment was that I wasn't broken beyond repair and I'm reminded of, a paint, of stories of paintings I, don't, I didn't know this, but as I was doing a little research, did you know that paintings like these, I'm talking about Picassos and like really, I'm not, I'm not into art, obviously. I'm trying to think of one. <laughs> All of these amazing uh, artists and their, their very expensive art, it's worth more when it's been damaged and properly repaired. I didn't know that. So there's this story of this man who sought after this painting. He wanted it. It was, a, I believe it was a Picasso painting. I believe. Don't quote me. And he wanted it. He chased after it his whole life, and he finally bought it. And he threw a party to show off the painting. And as he was showing it off, he turned, and he bumped into it, and it fell, and it ripped. And it was like, pff, all hope is lost. I think he paid like $15 million for this thing. Like, crazy. But... Did you know that with the proper art restorer, which ended up costing him $90,000, $90,000 for somebody to repair a piece of art. Sign me up. I'll repair your art. (laughs) $90,000 he paid to have this art restored. It ended up being worth over $45 million because the restorer was so meticulous in his restoration of the painting. God is the ultimate restorer. And when we talk about remembering who he is, trust me. There have been so many seasons of my life, I could just name them one after another, after another, after another, where I go back to my restorer and I say, oh, it ain't okay. It's not okay. But you're the restorer of the breach. You're the restorer of paths to walk in. You're the repairer and the restorer of my soul. He will. He will. If we don't give up. And I'm going to close with this. Galatians 6, 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. If we, say it with me, don't give up. One more time. Don't give up. Remember who you are. We talked about remembering who he was, who he is, but with purpose and staying committed to purpose, you have to remember who you are. How many of you have seen The Lion King? Let me see your hands. Remember who you are. (laughs) Simba goes off and lives in the jungle with a pig and a meerkat and eats worms, and he was called to be king of the jungle the circle of life, the anointed one, and he was living with a pig and a meerkat eating worms. And here comes Rafiki, the prophet. Okay, the Lion King is not biblical, so don't go quote me. Pastor Jen said, no. When I was growing up, we we would watch Disney movies and stuff, and my mom would say, fast forward that. That's witchcraft. Or like... (laughs) <laughs> you like uh, Rafiki was kind of a witch doctor, you know, and I was super sensitive as a kid. I was scared of just about anything like that was scary on the movies and stuff. And so a lot of the Disney movies when like the evil prince or king would like grow into this massive being, my mom would go fast forward that. It'll scare Jen. So here's, here's Simba on the backside of the jungle eating worms and Rafiki, the prophet, shows up and goes, you need to talk to your dad you need to talk to your father and the father appears in the stars Mufasa the great king and he appears and he goes Simba remember who you are (laughs) and you're crying in that moment I know you are I, I need to remember who I am yes Lord I'm anointed But remember who you are. Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Gideon stayed determined that he was going to work on that wall and fight off the enemy at the same time. Esther said, if I perish, I perish. Ruth said, don't tell me to leave you. I'm sticking this thing out. I could just keep going and going and going. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Worshiping God in the fire? Daniel, in the lion's den. Have you ever been in a lion's den? No. Paul and Silas in prison felt stuck. Felt like the walls were closing in on them. Felt like the, war, the, the doors would never be open again. Felt like they were facing closed door after closed door after closed door after closed door. But Jesus was in the prison. God was in the fire. He was in the lion's den. He was with Esther when she appeared before the king. He was with Jesus when he died on the cross and rose again. And he's with you. Don't give up. Greater things are coming. Wide open doors are coming. New seasons are coming. Exciting things are going to happen, but you have to get strong. Did Rocky win the first time? No. But boy, did he endure. Men, this one's for you. Okay, I had to have a man example. No more food and puppy examples. But Rocky, after that first fight, what did he do? I have a fight to fight, I have a title to win. I got to go train. I got to go work hard. I got to go get strong. I got to go back. I got to train. I got to get into the word. I got to seek God, believe God that I'm going to win and I'm going to go back and I'm going to fight again. But the problem is a lot of times we're taken out by the first fight and then we never fight again. You're taken out by the first trial and then you never hope again. You're taken out by the first hardship and then you never endure again. And God's saying, hey, Rocky, get your fight back. You have a fight to fight. You have a a destiny to fulfill. You have generations that are going to come after you that you have to to overcome for. You have a, a world to win. You have a family to lead. Men, you have a family to lead. Women, you have a family to lead. Young people, you have a destiny to fulfill. Get into the fight again. Believe God and don't give up. You are not broken beyond repair. If you would just stand with me this morning. Just close your eyes with me for a few minutes. Let's let the Holy Spirit minister. It was my cross you bore so I could live in the freedom you died for. Jesus. Thank you, Father. And now my life is yours. Just let all the,
1: the masks goodness, the fear.
0: Let everything just begin to melt in his presence this morning. Just come before him real. Say, God, I have carried shame. I've carried guilt. I have felt stuck and boxed in. I have felt that I was beyond repair.
1: I have felt that there was no hope.
0: I have felt that all hope was lost. But today, God, I'm choosing to believe hope is never lost because my faith says you are with me. My faith says you're more than enough. My faith says greater is he that's in me. My faith says I'm your child. I'm chosen. I've been brought into your family. I'm not an orphan anymore. I have your identity. I feel like God's wanting you to let go of some stuff this morning. Let go of the pain that you've made your identity. Let go of the relationship that's so hard to let go of. It's okay. Let go of that relationship right now. Would you just turn that down a little bit? Some of you are are saying, you know what, Pastor Jen, I'm in a season of winter. Fall came and my leaves began to wither. And now I feel like I'm, I'm in the season of winter and there are no leaves left on my tree. But the good news this morning is that spring is coming. He will rise. The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Let go. Let go of the shame. Let go of the guilt. Let go of that relationship, the pain. Let it all go right now in His presence. Settle down and trust. Father, like John Harper, we just surrender our lives to you and say, eternity is what matters. Eternity gives us hope. Eternity gives us peace in the scariest storm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, just for like three minutes. If you're in this place and your hope, you feel like your hope is lost. Your faith is intact, but man, you just can't seem to get that spark of good cheer, of hope, of rejoicing in the Lord and believing. If you feel like that today, I believe with all my heart, God wants to fill up your cup. He wants to encourage your heart. He wants to strengthen you this morning. He wants you to walk out of here today believing your best is ahead. He wants you to walk out of here believing that the new day and the the, the wide open spaces is coming. This is just a season of a, a being in a cocoon. You're growing, you're changing, you're developing. If that's you and you're in this place and you want prayer, I want you just to lift up your hand so I can see it. Thank you, Jesus, all across this place. If you would, just come on up to the altar. Pastor Matt's going to come and lay his hands on you and pray for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you that you restore broken hearts. Thank you that you redeem us. Thank you that you paid for us. You bought us, God. We don't deserve it, Lord. We don't deserve the price that you paid, but we trust in you with all of our hearts, and we know that you are the hope. You are our hope, Father. We're fragile. We're clay jars, but with you, Father, we're pressed, but we're not in despair. We're we're, we're sought after, God, but we are not in despair. We might feel weak, but we are strong in you today, Father. Strengthen your people. Fill your people, God. Fill them with joy. Fill them with hope. Fill them with strength. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let that shame go. Your past may be ugly, but there's a new day. You are not broken beyond repair. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. more minutes in his presence. You're good enough. The enemy's lied to you long enough. The enemy's told you that you're not good enough. You are because you're his. I
1: know it's all you've got to just be
0: strong. Just rest. Settle down. And it's a fight just to keep it together. Settle down and trust. Together. I know you think that you are too far.
1: Hope is
0: never lost. Hope is never lost.
1: Hope is never lost. heavy from those nights, but just remember that you are a fighter, a fighter, you never know just what tomorrow. just keep praying just keep praying just for a moment longer just keep praying for a moment longer God is with you God is with you man of God God is with you woman of God my mom used to say this and it's so true rise up rise up stand and be counted stand and be counted at your job Don't just go along peacefully into the night and quietly into the night. You stand and be counted. You be different. You be godly. And you hold on to hope. There's people losing hope all the time. You say, man, even through the holidays? Yeah, especially through the holidays, some folks. But not you. Not you. Not me. You are the called of God. Praise you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, and we worship you today. We worship you for your miracles today. We give you glory today, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are a light. Jesus said you are the light of the world.
0: Don't you forget that. Don't you forget. Just look up here real quick. Those of you that are at the altar. The thing that's making you feel boxed in and closed in, the thing the enemy is making you want to hate, is the vehicle that's taking you to your next season. Imagine an airplane for someone who's claustrophobic. They feel stuck. They feel boxed in. They feel like, I got to get out of here. But if they'll just settle down and trust, this thing's taking me to my next location and my next destination. Don't let the enemy make you afraid of the very thing that's taking you to your next location and destination. Release gratitude in that season and just go, thank you that I'm moving forward. This might not feel good, but at least I'm moving forward. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name.
1: Even you sharing your faith, you don't realize it's taking you to the next place in God. It's taking you to your destination. You, you sharing your faith. Man, I'm gonna tell you right now, this is a mission field here, right here in front of the church. Pastor Fabian's discovered that, I've discovered that, Jonathan, others. Man, there's always folks walking by in front of this church. And sometimes it's a temptation to go, no, I need to get somewhere, but no. I need to go to the next place with God, and those folks need to go to the next place with God. Say, man, well, they didn't show up on Sunday. No, but they got a seed sown. They got told that Jesus loves them. And they got invited. Wherever you are, you just hold on to hope and give others hope. God bless you today. God bless you. Go ahead and return to your seats if you would, please.